Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that would like to teach Jurgen Klopp what unprecedented means. Hey Big Jurg, remember when City won a domestic quadruple? You must do, your boys only lost one all season and we still pitch it <laughs> to the title. Anyway, that quadruple, that's unprecedented. VAR making the balls up, not so much. On today's part, we're looking back on Leipzig, singing the praises of a teenage sensation and bracing ourselves for the Emirates. Imagine if they win. They'd be unfucking bearable Concerning Sunday, I'm feeling a touch pessimistic, so I need convincing otherwise. I need inspiration, which is why I have with me today Howard and Ben. Hi, Howard. You there? I am here. Good morning, Stay. Good morning. Do I, do I sound as ill as I feel? Well, I just stopped speaking now because I normally say, how are you? And I know you're a bit under the weather, aren't you? Oh, so man. we'll yeah. nurse you. We're going to nurse you. you through the next hour. <laughs> I like the size of that. I actually do. <laughs> I can't I can't really call you some night nurse or whatever. Well, night nurse no, is not much use I, to you right now, is it? You've got to stay awake. I, I, I piss my wife off no end because I never take tablets if ever I'm poorly, but um I might actually take a lemsip. That's how bad it is. I might actually take a lemsip. Yeah. I've I used to be like I don't take pills at all, oh, but never. for a headache I'll definitely take pills, but I've never taken a night nurse or anything like that. So No, 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 no. It, it just tastes disgusting. Why? I mean just have, you know, <laughs> Diet Coke. <laughs> actually <laughs> well, I like the t- I like the taste of cough medicine. It's it's so bad I actually quite like it, so yeah, my, my daughter's the same. We give her like a, a little spoonful of cough medicine and she's like, mmm, mmm. <laughs> yeah. Really? Uh, ben, you there? You well? Yes, I'm I'm good. Thank you, Steve. Good. Yeah, looking good. forward to uh, to a to a big weekend, hopefully. Well, absolutely, yeah. And and you know, we've seems to be playing every Saturday for the last five, six weeks. So it's nice really to have a Saturday off tomorrow and, and look forward to a nice Sunday kickoff. Um that- be a bit of a change. You t- you just triggered me already with uh, Michael oh. Cox's article. <laughs> oh yeah, about the yeah. blackout, and he said the least worst option was moving the Premier League away from Saturday three pm. Mm. So there was never games at that time. I thought that's the most stupid thing I think I've yeah. ever heard in my life. But sorry, I've got off, got off on a tangent now. But no, no, me, I, yeah. I was merely. I, I prefer Saturday. Saturday's still better, but obviously some Sundays are alright. But yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. a change is as good as a rest, as they say. Yes, just no yeah. Friday nights, please, yeah. No, no stupid, so, stupid ones. Certainly better than the, uh, I think he mentioned, didn't he, that, that he didn't see the bigger deal between the 3 o'clock and the 12.30, which is crazy talk again. Yeah. Nobody likes those 12.30s getting out of getting out of the house earlier and change your routine and stuff, so yeah, disagree with him on that one as well. Yeah, there's a pampered journalist who's never had to travel across the whole country on a Saturday and well, public transport. So. From what I believe, um, you know, this is just anecdotal, but he's, he's quite a weird guy. He's, he's, he's a bit of a, you know, very nerdy. Um, yeah, so, I love lots of his work. It's just, it's you know, sometimes someone can make brilliant. a point and you think, how can you think that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, J- Julian Laurent once, and I love Julian Laurent, <laughs> uh, once said that, you know, after Van was it Van Dyke was taken out by? Yeah, who was Pickford. it that took him out? Pickford. 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 Yeah, he said uh, if a player is injured by another player, the player who yeah. committed the injury should be suspended for the same amount of time as the injury. And I was like, <laughs> so when someone you like makes an absolutely terrible point, isn't it? In the same way, it's horrible when someone you despise makes a really good point. So yeah, yeah I mean, anyway, yeah. Keep Saturday no, three o'clock. So they, they've been really nice uh, in the last few weeks. It's been very novel. So, no examples come to mind for me. So this is unfair to throw it at you. But just if you're talking about really bad opinions, of which we've all had, uh, I'll start with you, Ben. Can you think of a player who you thought, yeah, this this lad's a bit special, and, and you were hopelessly wrong? As in the terms of ability, or yes, yeah. I say, um. I mean, the only one comes think, to mind for me is sorry, uh, uh, Paddy McCarthy. When I saw him in the youth team for City, I thought, "Wow, this is a little, this is a back and bower in the making." And to be fair, he had a decent career at Crystal Palace, but I kind of overestimated how good he'd be. But that's all I could think of, really. Yeah, I think there's plenty, as you say. You get get a bit giddy of, of City youth academy players yeah, coming through. Yeah. They're going to do it. My son made a good one um, a couple of seasons ago when uh, we played Brighton, and uh, he basically. Was was saying, oh, have you seen this Kukurea 
and how good he was. And Kuk not only did mm-hmm. in that game, obviously he had a good season with Brighton, but in that game against City, he was absolutely terrible. Literally mm-hmm. everything he, he hit was going wrong. And then of course he's, he's, uh, he's little did we know he would go on to Chelsea and things didn't turn out great. So, so that's one that springs to mind. It's very easily done, let's face it. I mean, um, how would any, any come to mind for you? Well, I think every single player City has been tried to buy that United then took off us. Has <laughs> mm. then turned into be like pub player. So, no, I think the one I mentioned to you was just due to injury. Uh, I mentioned it on the, I can't remember which pod it was a few weeks ago. I think it was with you, Steve. Was, uh, or maybe it was Joe, I'm not sure, was, was Bojinov. Mm. But, when he when he came to City, I thought he was our Wayne Rooney, and was going to rule the world. Uh, but of course, picked up a serious injury about three games in. Well, uh, you just you've reminded me of one of mine actually by saying about the City play. Well, sorry, the United players who City were initially interested. In, Fred, I remember when yeah. Fred signed for United because based on right us. two games. Well, he played against us twice yeah. in the Champions League. Played well. And to try and talk up how knowledgeable I was about the like, the game at my local, because we all know I, I write about football, and they were like, "Oh, these United fans, what's this, what's this Fred like then?" Oh, you've got, you've got a good player there. I'm, I'm I'm gutted to be honest. I really I really wanted him, and I meant it, you know. But I was talking up how knowledgeable I was about him. Where in, in reality, I'd only seen him twice, <laughs> and um, yeah, <laughs> he proved to be a bit poo, didn't he? So yeah. Well, but we sit, you know, I think John Mack, and we used to buy players when they had a good uh, Bob Taylor when they had one good game against us yeah. we'd throw the money their way wouldn't we so John Macken scored against us from the halfway line and yeah slammed down millions of pounds for he, him so. he, he was a really there was a really good player in there yeah I never saw it but it was right. in there it was we knew at Spurs he's paid for his transfer fee yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So. exactly um, oh, yeah. I'm oh, sorry I'm yeah. sorry I was just going to say I remember maybe it's me looking back um, you know in a in a good manner, but I always remember younger it used to be because City obviously used to sign a, a lot of players as well. But it mm. always used to be they we usually used to get a debut goal from players, like whether it be yeah, you know, a, a, a bit, a, you know, even the ones that you know came in for a game or two, like Beardsley or so. They'd either do something really special on the debut, and you know, I'd go into school rubbing my hands, going, "Oh, we've got this player," and then. You know, <laughs> A month down the line, they'd completely disappear, and you know that was the only goal they scored for the season, or something. Well, please correct me on Twitter if I'm wrong here, but I'm sure Nigel Clough's debut was really good as well for City. And that, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I will hold my hands up. I thought Calvin Phillips was a really canny signing. Mm. Uh, Leeds yeah. fans thought he he'd just been England's Player of the Year. He Leeds fans thought 42 million was nowhere near enough. He wasn't there to be a Rodri, but an alternative. He played under Bielsa, who pushes players to the absolute limit, so should have been used to, you know, like a real, like, you know, pet perfectionist, like pecking your head and wanting everything perfect. It kind of, it was an unglamorous, sensible signing for me. So I hold my hands up with that one because well, I think Guardiola, I can already say it's not going to work out. No, so. yeah. But Pep Guardiola clearly was on the same mindset. So if you have a wrong, the same wrong opinion as Pep Guardiola, you, you're doing all right, really, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. It depends. Yeah, you know, managers don't always have total control, nor should they on who comes in. So I don't, I don't know the machinations of how that happened. You know, if he was persuaded about it or his comments saw an opportunity. Suggested. I don't know, but yeah, that was yeah. one I thought was sensible and made sense totally. Yeah. What Pep said a couple of weeks ago, though, it did suggest that he believed that he could. You know, he had a Bielsa player who he could adapt to his own. Mm. You know, so he believed anyway, but. Never mind. Uh, before we start today, um just want to talk about the sad passing this week of Francis Lee. Uh, Franny Lee, Stonewall club legend, um, Stonewall football legend, let's face it, is just one of the greatest um, centre-forwards of this or any other era. Um, ben, how important a part of City's history was he? So I, th- I think when um, particularly... Before our, you know, most recent successful period, I think when you're sort of indoctrinated into being a city fan, you you're taught about, you know, the holy the holy trinity really of, yes. of, of Belsunby um and Lee. And then of course, you know, I think what most city fans of a certain age would do is, you know, go back and watch clips or, you know, nowadays obviously find YouTube videos and stuff and watch him. And I think the thing that, that sticks out with me was obviously how much of a great goal scorer he was. 
um, and again, sort of point people to listen to the uh, one of the history pods that Joe and Howard did uh, about Belson were being late, and there's there's a lot of talk about that as well with with Francis Lee about that. It's about three weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I think he he was as a player. You know, he was he was a showman. I think when you when you watch everything back, he was as I say, he's a great goal scorer, tough as nails. Um, you know, had this sort of striking blonde hair, and of course, he was really theatrical. So he's the sort of player that you know, if they were on the pitch and player they were playing the game, you literally couldn't miss him because he was absolutely involved in everything. Um, mm. So I think, as a player, you know, as important as any player was before our, as I said, before our most recent sort of um, glory, really. But I think as as a person, and again, probably this is growing up with you know having United more in the limelight. I think. To have him in and around City as a, you know, probably a bit, maybe a bit before and after he was chairman, really, is sort of similar to to Summerby, you know, is that he was an, an ambassador, really, for the club and somebody that would speak proudly about City when, when you know, the, there almost wasn't a lot to talk about in terms of how things would go, be going well. Um, so I think the memories that I have of him, really, are obviously him coming through as chairman, which, which didn't go so well. But I think probably you know because of his playing um style and, and you know and how popular he was he seemed to despite how badly it went he still seemed to still come out of it relatively well and people particularly a few years later can still look back on him him fondly um but yeah a huge huge part of our history um and a and a great player as well yeah the statue awaits doesn't it um how I just want to talk about how unique he was both in terms of I mean Ben's touched there on his playing style he had such a distinctive playing style and he also had such a distinctive physique as well. So barrel chested and avuncular <laughs> he had an avuncular face, didn't he? as so many players did back then to be honest. He always looked about five, ten years older than what they really yeah. were. But um Well he was he was already working his uh, private business, wasn't he? So he was he was grafting away yeah. from the pitch. Yeah. He didn't look like a footballer and he and he didn't play like a centre forward back then either. He he dropped deep a lot. He was kind of um, winger, of, yeah. Could be yeah. a winger, but yeah, yeah, um, not really a wing. Yeah, it's quite, uh, you, quite look unique, at any, really. yeah, look at any, uh, you know, squad picture thing from twenty years ago, and no one looks like a footballer. It's no, like no, that's true, someone that's true. someone sent me the nineteen eighty seven squad lineup or something the other day, and it's like the mustaches. So many mustaches in the lineup. It's uh, it's glorious stuff. So yeah. No, he was, he was, uh, bower chested was the first thing I was going to say. He was like powerful squat, but with a gentle touch. And not, it wasn't just like someone who would charge through like a wrecking ball. He had a, you know, a precision about him as well. Uh, great penalty taker, so I hear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> great, and, great penalty winner. <laughs> yeah, he definitely never dived. Uh, when... I was a bit guilty. I mean, Joe did the podcast a few weeks ago because we were doing three, you know, we're doing this history pod about once a month. It's a really enjoyable, it's really enjoyable researching uh, because we, us two, even me, uh, much older than Joe, hadn't really, you know, hadn't seen them play. Uh, so, I was, you know, I spoke to a friend and I said, why, why first the whole, why those, why were those three picked out as the Holy Trinity? And he went, well, yeah, it was a team of great players, but they were the three so contrasting in personality and style that they they were perfect really it was a you know example really of the team at the time they're all so different and i think if you you read a lot of what people are saying this week you know after his sad passing it's just how much these individuals meant to them a lot a lot of mm. people say he was the the final piece in the jigsaw puzzle really for the success at Saw City win domestic honours all the domestic honours and of course the European trophy and sadly went to Derby and then won the league with them and so we, we, we let go too early but you know you'll see many say he's the reason that they started supporting Manchester City Football Club yeah. that's how big a player and a personality he was and he was ready to you know give up football I think and, come, and just concentrate on his own business when he got a call from City uh, to come down signed and the rest is history really just I just you know for those who are too young just watch some I say again as we said on the history pod go and watch some clips you know the, the Ballyanice that Newcastle right. game that 
that image of him stood on like you know the hoardings as yeah. he looks yeah with the coat uh, as he looks yeah. back at the pictures one i think one of the most iconic photos in city's history it's just like pure perfection a mm-hmm. moment a photography moment you know pure perfection and sums up that era and he was so 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 important i can separate player and chairmanship he took over an absolute car crash of a club and my friend who yeah, my slightly older friend told me the other week he he also was left with some sabotage from I won't name names. Yeah, things were made even harder for him when he took over because of the nature of the takeover. Yeah, so he was on a hiding to nothing. He did make mistakes, of course, but you know he was a precursor to our stadium move as well and better times. And as a player, he's one of the most important members in players in our history as simple as that and a wonderful personality and man as well and Steve you said on Twitter you know I think it's best you speak about him as a man as well you got to speak to him a few times didn't you and interview him I did every time over the phone um three times the third time was a favor where I needed a quote and just kind of phoned him up out the blue and and he gave me a quote and because he was very accommodating and and a gentleman you know but Mm. more than that it was just as I put on Twitter Particularly the first time I spoke to him, you know, it's the first time I spoke to Frank Francis Lee, it's like a, a legend, you know, I'm, I'm crapping myself. And yeah. then within a space of two minutes, you just chatted about football with a, a really nice old bloke. Um, you know, he was so down to earth in that regard. I, 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 what I'd like want to say as well, just kind of um, to, to end on, on Franny, what really, because I've been thinking about him this week, obviously, and a, a lot of us have. And you look at kind of um, Mike Summerby. And you look at the players in the 60s and the 70s, and you can pick out five or six players who was of his ilk. They weren't as good as Mike Summerby, but they were Summerby-type players. You look at Colin Bell, the great Colin Bell, and there are five or six players who are of a similar type of player. Couldn't touch it, couldn't mm-hmm. lace his boots, don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? Colin Bell was the greatest, but were a similar type of player, Colin Bell. As a, as a you know, I'm repeating myself, I know, but he was unique. There will never be another Francis Lee. He was just in in physique, in personality, in kind of playing style, um, in ability. Just when you, when you put it all together in this maelstrom of of a perfect storm, he was a incredibly distinctive footballer. Um, and we had him. We were so so fortunate enough to have him. Mm. Can I just say one thing about the old players as well? I think the. When you look at why City do so much better than United right now, one thing that stands out is that we we buy we look at personality and character of players. Yes, yeah. And it seems like a squad devoid of ego. And I've you know, I've spoken to some you know, or even ex managers like Brian Horton or old players like Tommy Booth and you know Bars or whoever, and you're nervous when you go speak to them. They're so devoid of ego, isn't it, that it really stuck what you just said then, Steve. Within two minutes of speaking to a lot of our older players, you really relax because they just want to talk about football yeah. and the old days. And it's just like chatting in a pub with a friend. Um, and I find out, you know, it's just, it is a kind of a bygone era as well. And it's... Uh, well, I mean... You know, just There's just wonderful memories and wonderful people to talk to. So. City fans may not appreciate me saying this because obviously it's a United former manager but um, Ron Atkinson was the same and I think I've said on the pod before where it was my dad's 80th birthday and you know he's a big red my dad and someone mm. I don't know how I got it but I got Ron Atkinson's phone number so I sent him a text and said could you possibly give like a, a recorded message for my dad's 80th birthday um, and he just phoned me up out of the blue and we're, I'm chatting to him and he was so he was just watching telly you know he's just yeah. chatting away you know he was really down to earth and um, that, that kind of really surprised me as well but yeah, you're right. It's kind of um, the football heritage, you know, the, the, the retired footballers, retired managers, so many of them are just devoid of ego. And will that be the case in years to come? I, I doubt it because, you know, these days footballers are superstars, aren't they? And, and they're venerated and they're treated so very differently to everyone else. So I don't know, maybe that's going to be, um, I don't know, a bit of class lost maybe. Hmm. Let's t- there's still those Rodgers out there, don't we? So. Oh, yeah, there's still, of course, there's still decent doubts with footballers out there. But yeah, by and large, some of them are assholes as well. <laughs> no tattoos, Rodri. No tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn our thoughts back to Wednesday evening um, and a valuable 
uh, win in Leipzig. Um, let's start with the fact that I can't find my agenda, and there it is. Let's start with the overall. <laughs> <laughs> let's start. I'm poorly. Let's start with the overall performance. Um, ben, what did you make of the actual overall display? If you look at it from naught to ninety. I think for the the first half, they they were excellent. It was almost a complete performance, really. Um, it seemed to be we'd gone back to the, you know, the the death by a thousand passes, um, ultimate control, but also you know with a bit of a cutting edge. And I think for some parts of this season, at least, we've we've sort of lacked all of those things to have the control and and the cutting edge. So I think for the first half, particularly. Was was really really strong. Um, I think there was obviously a, a portion of the game where you know we we lost control um, after just after half time and they scored, and then of course we we finished the game well. So I think to to answer your question as an overall performance, I think there was things which were very very good, um, but I still feel like we're you know I guess we're not hitting the heights quite yet that we did last season, and I think there's. Yeah. Still a couple of areas of improvement, but you know, there's certainly a lot uh, of encouraging, encouraging things within the uh, the entire game as as an overall performance. Howard, what was different from what you saw on Wednesday night to what you previously saw at Wolves? Is, is his name Rodri? <laughs> Everything. I don't think it was just Rodri. It's just shape. I mean, it's just yeah. I think the certain eighteen-year-old uh, player will be come up in discussions made a difference because intensity was on a different level. I think the ball moved quickly, we're passing it quick. Everything seemed quicker and more urgent. And it's always I'd always said about Wolves, like you can't have that many players off the boil on the same day and say it's down to individuals coming out and putting in a stinker. The shape or system just didn't work against Wolves and I'm surprised and Perhaps we didn't have the options on the bench to really change it that much and nothing seemed to work. Obviously, you're playing Leipzig away. They're not going to... Part of the problem is Wolves are happy just to play dead and, of course, have got a counter-attacking threat. In a way, Leipzig... <laughs> maybe you say it wasn't that much difference. We absolutely dominated the ball against Leipzig. Uh, they couldn't get it and they had a counter-attacking threat that Pep was very, very aware of, which I guess is why Jack Grealish started... You know, because he gave that control. But we had more control again. We had ball passers rather than ball carriers. And it just felt we had more tools to really get in behind their defence. Just energy and intensity just seemed completely different to days before, I think. Was it was it the best uh, performance of the season for you, Howard? Yeah, I think so. I think Newcastle um, we could have scored a lot more. So, you know, you look at the Newcastle match, I think was brilliant. Second half against West Ham, I absolutely loved because they're a team actually in a very good place. That was yeah. a really tricky yeah. game, that. And we came from behind and just straight, you know, just blew them away second half. But absolutely. You know, I, I refer on the review, I referred back to this the games last season against Leipzig. Uh, they're doing well, really well this season. I don't think they've lost at home for like a year or something. I may be corrected on that because they sell. They're, they're like Bryce in the way they sell big players, they replace them, and they carry on as normal. And they're doing well in the league. They did let they drew home to Bayern Munich at the weekend, but let a two goal lead slip, but did beat them three nilums in their Super Cup, whatever it's called. They've only lost one game this season, and last season we bossed the first half. It was a knockout stage, bit different. Pep was would have been happy to take a draw because he knew we could do the business at home. We bossed the first half and they absolutely pummeled us second half. And when they equalised this week, early in the second half, I feared that we'd completely lose grip of the game. But we didn't. We worked our way back in, got those two late goals. And we had 68% possession, 18 shots to three. They had an XG, which you know I'm not a big fan of anymore, of 0.2. That, those stats tell you the the story. I was frustrated for a long time in the second half, not because of the performance, but because we, the performance was good and we weren't winning, and it felt like a lost opportunity. But they, I think it was a really professional performance, and we absolutely bossed it in Leipzig, which is no easy deal. You know, in the same week that United would be United, uh, embarrass themselves again. Arsenal lost <laughs> away. It's a really Perfectly. big perform, really big performance, and it, we're already halfway to qualifying. Hopefully, it'll give us real leeway later in the group stage. 
Well, we'll not touch on that very imminently, but before I do, um, Ben, I mean, it's an obvious thing to say, um, of course, because City are a phenomenon, you know, a, a fantastic football inside. But I think such a big part of City's success, again, a very obvious thing, is the fact that we don't slide into a crisis. We never have five or six games you know, winless. And at most, we're talking one or two. And you can go back every season, and, and, you know, right back to uh, perhaps first season. Is that down to mentality or ability or both? Um, how well does it speak of it, the mentality of this squad that you just know that City aren't going to lose on Wednesday because pr- previous to that, they'd lost two on the bounce? Yeah, I mean, I'd put a huge part of that down to down to Pep. Yeah. Um, really, and obviously he's responsible ultimately for, for building that mentality. Um, and I think if, and I, I, I can't remember, I heard it on, uh, I think it was on the BBC podcast, but they were already sort of saying, you know, if if we were to, to lose or drop points against Leipzig and then maybe go into Arsenal, that's three games in the bounce. I don't think I've heard one reporter acknowledge, you know, the fact that obviously we couldn't, even if we beat Newcastle, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't win the Carabao Cup. So, so the the stuff in the media was clearly already starting to build up that momentum. Um, mm, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, we've we've certainly been fortunate over the years. And you know, when we we lose a game, of course, it's it's the end of the world because we you know we don't lose many games, but we we pretty much do get a reaction now. And I think you know the the more reassured us, you know, pessimistic City fans get over the years, we sort of it sort of feels like it's inevitable. To be honest, if we if we lose a game. Pep isn't going to stand for for the next game, you know, not having some type of reaction. And I think this this game against Leipzig, you know, there's the reaction, I guess, was that, you know, I think I, I personally think with Wolves, they they sort of only had one way of beating us, and that was that was on the counter. And I think with the as as Howard said with regards to, you know, we on that day for me, we sort of played into their hands. We had ball carriers but then they ultimately lost the ball high up the pitch, which obviously allowed Wolves to counter. So the the reaction from Pep was obviously next game, we are not going to allow that to happen. We're going to go back to control um, and, you know, basically completely nullify and, you know, strangle the opposition, which is which is what we did ultimately against Leipzig. Mm. Um, how would you mention about the importance of momentum in, in the group, I mean, uh, and building up a lead? Um, we've now got young boys away and, and then at home. Very conceivably, if we win both of those games, we're through after four games with two to play. Um, mm. That's an important factor, isn't it? With, with uh, the Club World Championship coming up and, and all the rest of it, uh, and, and the schedule, kind of how how t- how tactic it's going to get post-Christmas. Wow. Um, it, it's an important going into Christmas that we've got a couple of games where we can rest some big names. I did joke on a view that be a big boon over Liverpool with their 27 games they'll have to replay as well over the Christmas period. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, they drew the other game was a draw, which is always good. So we're five points clear, I think, of third place. Now, we, mm. we don't want to qualify, we want to win the group because then you get... It, it, let's be honest, it, it might not matter. You can get a really good team who finish second in their group in the knockout stage. Uh, but we're looking to win. And yeah, you get to 12, we have to have qualified. And yeah, it means it really does, considering how the games fall, when you're coming into that absolutely manic Christmas period, thankfully no World Cup this time, uh, it helps where you only have to really exert yourself for four games rather than six. And of course, without the Carabao, there's a gap to the knockout stage to like late February, March. And you can concentrate on the league then for quite a long time. African Cup of Nations coming up. I don't think we have any players who will lose. You know, there's little things like that as well. Yeah. Unless it's been moved or cancelled again, as always. Uh, just little things. They're minimal gains, aren't they? But they can make a difference, especially, of course, as Pep has a small squad and we've seen it quite really strained in recent weeks. And the beauty of... Just as Ace has said in the review, just just one player like Bernardo coming back plus Rico Lewis back in favours against Leipzig, as we and it proved to be very very important indeed. And 
uh, big factor, we had options on the bench again as well. So, yeah, it would really help if we can do the business now over the next two games. Uh, I mean, even four points, and we should be looking for six, of course, but even four would essentially get us through to the knockout stage and certainly allow him, at the very least, even if not won the group, to make a couple of changes and perhaps rest a couple of players. Yeah. Did you hear Robbie Savage refer to our squad as as City having phenomenal strength and depth? Which is Jesus Christ. Anyway, I, I, I digress. Sorry, I, I love. I really love Robbie Savage's co-commentator because, for some reason, I can zone him out. So he's one mm. of those where I can hear his voice, <laughs> but I'm not really listening. Whereas there are others like Andy Hinchcliffe, I can't. <laughs> like every word enters my brain and then gets me worked up. So no, I didn't hear that at all. Thanks. Ah, okay, so. okay. Um, there's a couple of negatives I just want to touch on quickly because they are pertinent and they do need discussing. Um, both concern individuals. So what I've done, I've written heads and tails with uh, their names next to one of them. And I'm going to say to you now, Ben, heads or tails? Tails. Okay. Oh, it is indeed tails, and you have got Erling Haaland. So, <laughs> sorry, this is why I actually did this because I think this is a trickier one to kind of discuss because you know he's going to come good. You know it's not a problem. You know that you know he's just this incredible footballer with with a, a goal scoring record that is just off the charts, but it's not clicking right now and i think it is justified that we talk about that are you concerned in any way about erling Haaland right now i think watching the game i'd be despite how confident i'm going to answer this question i i'd be lying if i didn't say that there's a couple of chances where i you know sort of cursed him under my breath sort of thing um and i think i'd be a lot more worried and you know tick off the football cliches here but i'd be a lot more worried if he wasn't you know, getting chances and taking chances. And I think mm. he's also, you know, I'd say at times, not all the time, but at times his, his sort of play, his build-up play is pretty good as well. He was obviously involved for, I think it was the third goal, wasn't it? When, when Doku scored, he held it up pretty well. Um, and I think he's he's involved in games. He stuck out a little bit as sore thumb in the Wolves match, uh, you know, whereas literally, as again, has been said on the pod, Previously, with without him scoring and essentially getting you know smothered by two or three defenders, he wasn't in the game at all. I think no. against Leipzig, he was in it more. He held the ball up a bit more, and he you know he had two or three more chances. But yeah, I'm I'm not worried. I think he'll he'll come back firing. Um, I still think he's going to still be the the leading goalscorer in the league, for example. Um, and yeah, I mean he's. It, it's still sort of a strange sort of feeling, really, because when you see when you do see players going through this or maybe missing some of the chances that he has missed, you do think the worst. But for me, there's still an inevitability about it that he will, yeah, you know, he'll score. I still, I'm still confident that he'll score at the weekend. If he doesn't, I'm still confident he'll score the next game. Um, it doesn't, you know, doesn't. I guess sometimes with strikers like this, you think, oh God, have they, have they lost it? And there's no doubt that that's the case with him. I think he'll still. He'll still, as I say, be be the top goal scorer come the end of the season. Yeah, that's a word concerning him, isn't it? Inevitability. It, it's it, it will happen, and we know it will. Um, as for Jack Grealish, I think it's more of a clear cut case for concern, Howard. Um, a regression is what we're seeing, I believe. Um, got back to the, the ultra safe Jack of two years ago. Um, now his place is under threat, of course, as well. He's coming back from injury, so maybe he's still not fully fit and he's not kind of you know right just yet. But what we're seeing, or sober, <laughs> or sober, um, maybe he drank so much on that trophy parade bus. <laughs> yeah, but he's still hungover. We, we, we're not seeing the, the the best of Jack Reedish right now. It's fair to say. Well, I have to take up what people say on Twitter that Pep's not asking him to do this. Uh, no, we're not. I, look, let's be honest, during the match, and, you know, during the match, it's not always an accurate reflection of what's going on because, you know, you, you sit there, you shout things, blah, blah, and you talk rubbish a lot of the time. During the match, I was very frustrated by him in the moment. But the when you looked at Leipzig broke about three times and looked super dangerous every time, we totally bossed that game. You do not boss a game carrying players. And yet after the game, Erling Khan was rubbish. Jack Grealish was rubbish. Kanji can't really do that role that John Stones does. How on earth did we boss the game with eight players then? It's like, 
yes, it. What we're seeing seems more like first season Jack Grealish, and I thought after, after the season he had last season, he'd be ready to take on the world. But I do feel with the injury and other reasons, performances and pre-season, I remember him being a bit lame. But again, you know, coming off the summer, it was fair enough. I don't think he's got going yet. However, if you're talking about why was this game different to Wolves at the weekend, well, he gives you control. Now, hypothetically, what if every game was like that? We go and win the treble again. Uh Jack puts in that sort of performance. We win the big games because we saw the shape works against Leipzig and he ends the season with zero goals and zero assists. Has he failed? Well, Pep keeps picking him. He does a certain job. And if the team succeeds at the end of it, then he's played his part. Now, of course, I'm stretching it a bit there. He has to, we always say, he's got to contribute eventually in goals and assists. And there is more to come from him. But right, right now I'm slightly concerned because I do feel he needs a kickstart to his season. Yeah. But I'm not ultra concerned because even when he's putting in these performances and it's like he's up against a fullback and he cuts back and passes it, it can be so frustrating, but it helps the team control. And I, I, Doc, I, I, I'm not interested in arguing about Doc who's going to threaten his his place. I think him arriving is brilliant. We've got two very contrasting players now. You've got the cutting competition's good and you've got the electric, you know, will abs- rapid will absolutely run at fullbacks, but we'll lose the ball because of that, because he's a difference maker in Doku. And you've got the control player like Jack Grealish and there'll be time and places for both of those players. And it gives city options. I think it's a good thing. I'm not, going to pretend everything's perfect with Jack Grealish, but I'm not super concerned yet either. I think when he puts in a game where he gets a goal or gets an assist, where he puts in one of those 9 out of 10 performances, I'm fairly confident he'll kick on from there. And when we play against teams that want to play against us, I'm sure he'll be fine. And, you know, we'll preview the Arsenal match. I could easily see him starting then. And Pep will keep picking him because he does offer something for the team, even if his caution does frustrate us as fans. Um, speaking of nine out of ten performances, Julian Alvarez uh, once again impressed midweek. Um, just a sublime goal, just improvised. I loved it. Um, ben, is he player of the season so far for you for City? Yeah, I think he is. Um, I think with the likes of obviously Kev being injured, but also Gundo moving on and you know you could add Mara to that list as well from a numbers perspective we we needed someone to replace that obviously Alvarez still got good numbers last season but I think to have somebody that we can rely on more and more um you know I think that sort of game um on Wednesday you know when you basically as Howard touched on us having um you know having players on the on the bench who can change the match that was a huge huge improvement from 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 us playing against Wolves and having nothing there. So for be able to to bring somebody on that you can rely on to to change the game or to have a, a huge impact um was a really big deal. And I think with Alvarez what what I really like about him is he's got lots of you know lots of elements to his game which all pretty much ultimately you know pr- provide goals. So he's you'd say he's got that, you know, that that essence or that smell that Pep talks about that, you know, Gundo used used to have arriving. He seems to always be on on hand, you know, if mm. if if Haaland, for example, has, has made a run to the near post and somebody cuts it back, you know, the person who's coming onto it is usually Alvarez. He's he's got that to his game. He's got the the long range shooting that we we saw on Wednesday. He's also obviously adding set pieces to that. So all of these things are, you know, adding to to the, his armory and, and ultimately to, to the team's armory of you know being able to to score goals sometimes out of out of absolutely nothing at all. But um, I'm I'm really pleased that we've we've basically obviously it's in light of I guess in a way of Kev Kev being injured. But you know I'm really pleased that we've managed to to make him a key part of this team because that was one of my slight concerns after the World Cup is thinking you yeah. know are we going to do enough to keep him interested to keep him him staying around and. As we see with a lot of these city players over the years, I think the more the longer he's around and he's involved, the more chance there is that he's going to stay for a, for a long time and going to be really successful for us. 
Well, yeah, it's not just the present, is it? It's it's the future that he represents. As, as you say, it's you know the things he can do for us going forward, literally and figuratively, are very exciting. Um, and speaking of the future and indeed the present, brings us to Rico Lewis, Howard. Um, what we're seeing is just the swift emergence of an exceptional footballer, um, eighteen years of age, just gets it he just gets it he gets mm. this city side and how it, how we play and he executes everything that's expected of him immaculately and, and i'm gonna come back and say it again it's 18 years of age um <laughs> i know for now for now yeah um how how exci- how excited are you by him and what you're seeing of him and what basically is is promised for the future well, Pep's words tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, how often does he use like that about a player? That Well, Phil, that like, that's the only one really at City, isn't it, was Phil. Yeah, but I mean, wow, Nunes. you know, things, things he was saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it shows the beauty of someone who's, who's come through the system, doesn't it, as well, that he can just come into the side and immediately do stuff that, you know, reverting from full-back. And I saw him as... Uh, it was weird because earlier this week I was actually thinking, you say the swift, you know, rise of him. It's like, well, he's actually, is he back out of favour again? Because he hasn't been, with John Stones out, I was surprised he wasn't playing. And we saw him like attacking midfielder in pre-season. I was like, poof, we'll never see that again. It's pre-season. Don't, don't make too much of it. But uh, Rico himself says he, he sees himself as a midfielder and he nailed that. Well, ah, it's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And part of the reason that links back to an earlier, just putting him in like that can make the difference of a Wolves performance and a Leipzig performance because he moves the ball on, the pockets. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't think we'll be seeing much as a right-back again. I think he's a real, it's not a Gundogan replacement, but he's a midfield player. And at that age, to be doing this sort of stuff and with Pep guiding him, then... The sky's absolutely the limit, and he's now an obvious. Yeah, I'd expect him to play a lot this season now, fitness permitting. Yeah, could even play on Sunday. It was absolutely phenomenal, and that first goal was just joyous. You know, Rico Lewis, the young city's youngest ever assister in the Champions League, with that assist um, for Phil Foden to put it home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and want Phil to be scoring goals and really going into a different gear now as well, which he did during this game. It was absolutely brilliant to see that. So I was I know I know he's brilliant, but even I think even so that performance in again, a new a new world surprised me so much. And yeah, just I want to see a lot more of him basically. Yeah, don't I disappear doesn't disappear again and uh, doesn't play for a few games. He is now already at eighteen a first team squad player in contention to be picked for big, medium, small games. He's at that level already. Yeah. I think I'm just sure. to, to, to add to, to that, I just say that there's, there's two things that are huge to Pep. And that's one is flexibility. And we can see that, you know, he's, he can play in many positions comfortably. You know, even, even this season, you know, with Burnley, for example, he played over at left back and, he probably wasn't quite as effective, but still, you know, did did a good job. Um, and I think the other thing uh, is bravery. And I think he's he's one of the most bravest players that we've got in terms of, I'm talking about more taking the ball in certain situations. So, you know, on Wednesday, he can he can do the sort of the wall pass sort of thing that, you know, centre-back plays into his feet, he gives it to them back. And you'd think for a young player like that, as we've seen over the years with academy players come in, if they don't want to give the ball away, if they just want to do something safe, you know, they can do that sort of thing all day long. But he was also taking it on the turn or on the half turn a lot of the times, particularly in the first half. And then, you know, Pep talked about he he picks up the ball in these pockets and all of those things are things all, you know, as I say, around bravery of him taking the ball on um, in really tight areas with a defender on his back or something. Um, and I think, I think, you know, if you want to be teacher's pet, I guess, with Pep, if you can tick both of those things off, mm. which he can, you know, it, it bodes really well for him. Well said. I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that I'm quite protective of, of Rico. So if Alvarez is fouled, 
I'm kind of saying, that's a foul, ref, that's a foul. And I'm not even thinking of, of, of Julian at all. I'm thinking, you know, that's a foul for City. Whereas if someone fouls Rico, it's like, you get off him. Don't you lay a finger on his head. So uh, <laughs> yeah. cause he's just, he looks so slight, doesn't he? And, and His physicality he, is an issue, but probably less of an issue if he becomes a midfielder. So, mm, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, look at David. You know, David handled himself, yeah. didn't he? You know, and, hey, yeah. he was he was well snide, David. Uh, yeah, yeah, he wanted absolutely. to be, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. He's got to learn some street smarts. Um, yeah. Okay, let's look ahead to the Arsenal game. Um, I'll stay with you, Ben. Fair to say it's a pretty huge game, but how huge? Um, should we lose at the weekend? It doesn't determine anything as regards to the league, um, but it might have an impact on momentum for, for, for that lot. Um, but yeah, how how big a game is this for you? Yeah, it's one of those where maybe ask me after the result. But <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think so far this season, um, I'd say aside from from maybe Newcastle, which was was at home anyway, I think all of the the neutrals would say that they expect us to win all of the games, and obviously it'd include Wolves in that. So I guess for us, just looking at it from you know a City fan perspective. I'd say this is the the first big test, you know, a big a big team. Obviously, they finished second last season, you know, a, essentially a top six team away from home. Um, so from that point of view, it certainly is a big game. In terms of how it will um, or could affect us, I think if we were to to lose, um, it's, it's early enough in the season for it to not to be a huge worry. Um, the manner of the, you know, if, again, if we were to lose the manner of the defeat it'd perhaps have an impact, you know, particularly around how giddy Arsenal get and how, how giddy some of the other teams or the, the press get. But I think on the other hand, and to coin a pet phrase, you know, what if we win sort of thing? I think if we were to go there and win, it would be a really big statement. So I think for me, it's it's an opportunity to to go there, put put a win, you know, calm them then back down from getting a little bit too giddy um and and yeah and put down put down a big marker for the for the season and and for how we started because we haven't we touched on it a little bit today but i think we've played well in parts this season i don't think we've had a game yet where we've been sort of great start to finish you know for example the the nottingham forest game we were absolutely excellent in that first half but there hasn't been an entire game where We've either controlled the game for the entirety or, you know, been on, on the attacking through all game. So now's the time, I guess, if we could put up a performance like that, it'd be great. Well, the, the intriguing thing here for me is that in the games past against Arsenal, there's two at least, where we've kind of ceded control, um, you know, because Arteta was places so much emphasis on control that Pep kind of did a little a, a, a UE, you know, just to kind of a left turn to to kind of undermine him and said, okay, we'll we'll see control to you, we'll hit you on the break, but we can't do that this weekend because you need Kevin De Bruyne for that. Those marauding runs forward that he's made at the Emirates in, in seasons past. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think control is going to be everything um, this weekend, and both teams are going to be seeking it. So, that's going to be intriguing in itself. Yeah, ta- a real tactical battle it'll be with tweaks all over the place. Well, it's very, very hard to predict how it would go, I would say. So. Well, that, I mean, that in itself brings me to Rodri. Um, of course it does. How could it not? Mm. You know, our, our, our you know, controller. Um, how big a loss is he, Howard, for a game like this against opponents well, such as this? And, and more pertinently, what do you think Pep's going to do? <laughs> Thanks for that question. Uh, obviously, you, I mean, you wrote it. <laughs> yeah, to ask Ben. <laughs> I wrote it late last night. I was tired. I wasn't thinking straight. Uh, I mean, we don't need to dwell on how big a loss is. He's. I don't watch every player in the world, but he's probably one of. He's probably the best performing player in world football right now. He'll definitely be in the top ten. He's essential to how we operate our shape. He he even scores goals. He's. Yeah, we helps our attack. He's just, he is everything. What will Pep do? Uh, thankfully, this is the last game of his. I mean, we saw again, you know, what was different between Wolves and Leipzig that you asked earlier. Well, Roger was in the team, <laughs> one of them for starters. What will he do? Well, this begs the question that will he pick Rico Lewis in midfield? I, 
I don't think he'll play Kovacic and Nunes, so I think Kovacic, Kovacic starts. And perhaps Rico Lewis does as well. Maybe. Thoughts, you two? I completely agree that he's not going to go with Nunes and Kovacic again. No, I think um, you can forget that. So, can, so can, someone has to play it. that role. It's got to be Kovacic in a way. I asked, mm. kind of jokingly last week on the review of the Wolves game, because shape is so important, don't don't get panicky. Uh, Calvin, if Calvin Phillips' theory is yeah, yeah, yeah. is the a DM, a natural DM, and no one else is, yeah. then you could point him in because the shape's better, not because he's playing better than anyone else. And everyone went, no. And I honestly don't think that could possibly happen. You know, I don't think it would be a good idea either. So we're going to have to make concessions. And I think Kovacic will have to try and do that role. And I think Rico Lewis could be in for a start alongside him. Ben, what's your kind of um, instincts tell you as regards to the team lineup? So I think, although um, Akanji played a little bit more sort of in the sort of John Stones role, didn't he, on Wednesday? Um, and I think, I'm not sure, do we know if he's fit? Because obviously he went off injured, didn't he? Obviously we're, we're doing this before the press conference later. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. problem, yeah. We'll yeah. find out later, basically. So. So, so my my gut feel is I think off the back of um, Rico's performance and obviously all the praise that, that Pep gave him, I, I think he will start. Um, so I think I think from a lineup point of view, if we take that Akanji is fit, I think it'll be Walker, Diaz, Akanji, and Guardiol. And I think with Akanji sort of as I say going into that John Stones role and sitting alongside Kovacic and then Rico Lewis ahead of them ever so slightly, but again, go back to the flexibility, he can drop in if needed. Um, and then I think Foden, Alvarez and Bernardo, and then Haaland up front. That's my my 11 that I think he'll go with. That's exactly the same as myself. How would you disagree with any of that? Uh, just quickly, if, if the Kanji thing, I think the hope is that John Stones is rested until after the international break. Agreed. Maybe he could come out as a sub. Maybe Pep's thinking he could have 20 minutes. If Akanji's injured... If it was someone else, then I would think, no, if he's fit, play him. But John Stones, given his yeah. record in the past and, and the weird niggling injuries that he's had, I completely agree. Same until after the break. Yeah, but if Akanji was injured, and no idea if that's... <laughs> you know, it's a thing, it might not be. Uh, then he's got a difficult decision to make there, hasn't he? Or yeah. maybe Rico Lewis would have to fill in in that role instead. Uh, go forward. I still think Grealish might start for control because we don't want to lose the ball. Uh, but I can't disagree with the TV suggested because Alvarez is like, well, he's got to start in a way, hasn't he? So, hmm. no, I, I think I'll go with what you said yeah I think yeah. I agree with that I mean the opposition as well look let f- don't believe a word Arteta says uh, expect uh, is Saka injured I mean, he's got off injured in the last three games Pep's got to decide who is he lining up against as well uh, don't be surprised if Saka's on that pitch when the game starts on Sunday uh, I don't believe a word Arteta says about that it's not good well he's been named in the England squad so it can't be that bad can it Mm. or maybe it's Southgate so nothing makes sense so Martinelli's supposed to be injured but you never know do you like they could all start and that'll be I guess that's the problem for Pep his tactics will be influenced by who he expects to line up against and there's a bit of doubt there against what the Arsenal side will be as well. But yeah, I think the team you suggested has a fair chance of being the one he picks. Yeah, it is quite fascinating actually with Saka and Martinelli. Um, Martinelli one, it's just quite straightforward, isn't it? Is he, you know, getting back to fitness in time? Whereas Saka, it's so recent what happened. And we just don't know on the severity of it. And that has been keeping under wraps by, well, Arsenal are claiming it's it's bad. But as you say, it's been picked for the England squad. So there's some discrepancies there. Um, yeah, cloak and dagger. Um, and it will be a big factor because Saka is so, so important to Arsenal. I mean, so important. As important to Arsenal as Rodri is to City, I would I would venture. Mm. That's why they've both been flogged into the ground. Yes, yeah. Um, ben, do we have a psychological advantage over them? Um, 
they haven't beat us in the league since 2015. The nature of our wins as well. I mean, last season they bottled it coming to us. They gave up the ghost. It was an embarrassment. Um, at the Emirates, we've had some late winners, which are real heartbreakers for them. Um, I certainly broke Alan Davis's heart. Anyway, um, <laughs> do we have a, a? I would I would suggest that we have a psychological advantage over them. Would you go along with that? And if so, is that going to be a factor? Well, don't forget the uh, the pivotal Community Shield victory. Which, oh, of course, of course. it's all levelled out now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I would say <laughs> we 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 have the the only thing I guess to to sort of caveat that a bit is I think big games like this, um, your your big your big players turn up, particularly away from home, and obviously we saw that last season with with De Bruyne and his important goal and the season before with Rodri getting his last minute goal so i think the fact that you know we've got you know just naming those two and obviously stones and people like that out i think that would make them more confident and maybe us a, a little bit less so but these things in in football are very funny aren't they they have a a habit of of repeating themselves you know whether it's bogey teams or some sort of as you say statistic that's been going on and on so I think they, you know, they'll be doing everything they can in terms of, you know, all the psychological David Brent type tricks that Arteta will have up his sleeves mm. in terms of making sure that, you know, they don't mention the word lose or whatever, whatever thing he'll be doing this week to do that. <laughs> um, but I think, as I sort of said earlier, I think if we were to go there and get a positive result um i think you know really will be a, a nail in the coffin for them and they'll be you know their their fans will be will be feeling it too um and but you know my, my doubts are that some of our big players aren't there but we we still should have enough and thinking about that team there's there's still plenty of match winners in there as well you mentioned the there, psychology but- of it stay i think it's impossible to predict how this game will go really but try to make a prediction I think they'll just come out as hard I've seen this quite a lot with Arsenal I saw it against Spurs at home they'll come out as hard for half an hour and if yeah. we come out that the other side then it's advantage us big time if we're not losing say the last half hour like like a shitter Liverpool <laughs> like a shitter Ramfield yeah try, they'll, they'll, I mean that that Spurs game at home was fascinating in a way I thought oh my god you know they're going to win 4-5-0 here Mm. Arsenal then Spurs started tweaking stuff came back into it and probably could have won that game and I think it's I think Arsenal's approach would be the same press hard press hard and try and get an advantage early in this game and blow us away first half yeah I mean Ben mentioned about us being a bogey team essentially to Arsenal um, it's interesting Mikel Arteta has beaten 23 of the 24 teams he's faced in the Premier League as a manager only one Team as as yet to as yet to vanquish, yeah. Is it? Oh yeah. Oh, let me get Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. It is. It's 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 Eagles. Um, Arsenal also haven't kept a clean sheet in any of their last sixteen Premier League encounters with City. Um, going back to two thousand fifteen, that's their longest run without a league shutout against an opponent since Manchester United in the nineteen fifties. Wow. There you go. Uh, and I said, you know, the two against Wolves are the first time we've conceded more than one in about 40 yes. games. But yeah. we are conceding away from home, aren't we? Mm. So, yeah, it's not well, going to be nil-nil, is what I would say. So. That brings me to a fascinating question, which you, you've put up. I'm not taking credit for it. I want to come to each of you for this. I'll start with you, Howard. Just kind of straightforward yes or no, I guess. Would you take a draw? Oh, I got criticised for saying this on on the review. You got, got Twitter critics take a draw for both games this week, which yeah. wasn't pessimism; it was pure optimism. That, that We're in October. Yeah. You've got your toughest group game. Like I'm not saying we can win both games. Of course we can. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying we should be like happy with the draws. I'm saying two draws this week would not have been a disaster at all. Yeah. We had our toughest group game, which if we'd drawn, would be joint top because we both won our first game three one. That would make us clear favourites to win the group still going forward because we'd have a home game against them and a double head against Young Boys. And a draw against Arsenal is hardly the end of the world early October because it keeps us ahead of them going into the international break. If I say yes, I'd take a draw, that sounds pessimistic because 
this is a game we can, of course, win. And I've been very much pepped up by the midweek result. It's got my mojo back big time after the Wolves game. <laughs> it's impossible to say, isn't it? Because they could win, we could win. It could be a draw. We are the better side. But hey, I was in December. December, going into the World Cup in December last year, I was ready to write season off as transitional and we went on to win and treble. We were not always at our best in the first half of the season. Looking at it logically, a draw's... If you offered me a draw right now, I'd take it because that removes the stress for me from Sunday. So <laughs> I will snap your hand off for well, a draw. I, I, so. And also, you can make a fortune at the bookies as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Imagine just knowing beforehand one result had been made yeah. for life. So. Like Biff's uh, almanac. <laughs> it's so hard, isn't it? Because it's a hard game to predict. But yes, I would. If, if it was a draw, unless circumstances make me furious, I I would take it. Yeah. Well, Pest I mean, there. Pessimistic but, and oh yeah, negative. So. Honestly, Howard, don't worry about getting any any kind of negative feedback because just wait till we get to score prediction. I promise you, it, it'll be me. Um, oh no, I'm about to predict a win. So well, that's, <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, it could ben, still be a Debbie Downer during the actual discussion. Debbie so. Ben, would you <laughs> take a draw? Uh, yeah, I think I would take a draw. Um, I think. Or going back to to what you're saying in terms of, and obviously the last few seasons we've finished the season well. But I think in terms of you know if we were to get to to, to the point where we, you know, I think we all agree as as I've repeatedly said, we've been good this season, not great. Um, but for us to to essentially get out of here with a draw, and at that point, you know, they will have dropped points against Fulham, Spurs, and us. You know, that's a and you know particularly playing us at their place. I think it would potentially do harm for for them uh, more than us. But I think I think to get get out of a draw, get out of there with a draw, any any sort of Premier League performance away from home against like a top four team or something with a with a draw is is still a good result. So yeah, I would take yeah, absolutely. A draw. Absolutely, uh, score prediction from you, Ben. I'm going to go three uh, two City because I think we're still I think we're still a little bit vulnerable particularly on the break. And I think that that's, again, how they're effective. But I think, ultimately, we'll have enough. But yeah, 3-2. Howard? If Martinelli and Sacco are out, I'd mm. fancy us to do the job, absolutely. I'm going to go 2-1 win. John Stone's off the bench with a header from a free kick in the 92nd minute. Blimey. Yes. No, 94th minute. Yeah, yeah. 98th minute. Come on. <laughs> um, Takes your shit off and runs towards the Arsenal fans. Yeah. Who yeah. pretend to try and attack him, but have no intention of going anywhere near him. So, yeah. Throwing their toilet rolls. Where do we get the toilet rolls from? <laughs> Who takes a toilet roll to a foot? It always baffled me. I'll tell you what. There's be never double. any at the Etihad either, is there? So. No. Guarantee, guarantee there's a double quilted, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going 3-1 Arsenal. There you go. Take it. Take it. 3-1 Arsenal. I'm doing it. I've said it. Superstition. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm just pessimistic about this one. I think it's... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer myself, so let's just let's just leave it at that. And if you want to come at me on Twitter, fair enough. I'm big enough and ugly enough to take it. And if uh, no one, any listeners don't know who Debbie Downer is, just YouTube that and Disney World for <laughs> a brilliant five-minute Saturday Night Live clip, so... Oh, I, I wasn't even aware of that. I'll, uh, oh. I'll look at that myself. It's a Saturday, Saturday Night Live character, so. Saturday Night Live is so weird. It's like, there's bits of it which are really good. The yeah. rest of it is garbage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But there are some classic sketches. The Californians, for example. It's just Anyway, that's what Debbie Downer is. So do right. YouTube it. I'm sure you will laugh because they all break character big time during that sketch. So Right. Um, before we go today, um, after this weekend, there's another international break. Um, as you know, someone in my profession, my line of work, it pisses me right off. Um, ben, does it frustrate you? Yeah, and I think these the first two breaks um, of any season are particularly frustrating because I think both of them sort of feel like we're back and then you get yeah. going and yeah. then there's a break and it, it really breaks the momentum up. Um I think I've said on here before, I am a very much a fair weather international follower. Most of the time, to be honest, in the qualifiers, I don't know what night, and they obviously have random kickoffs and stuff too, which doesn't help. I don't know what night England are playing. 
I don't know who they're playing. Um, <laughs> I, do, I, I do this time, but I don't have a lot of interest. And if I'm being really petty and, and immature about it, to be honest, Southgate's comments last sort of break around Foden have made me want to follow them even less. So, yeah, yeah I'm well, It's frustrating. He's, he's triggered me with a non-City player now. He's not well, picked Ollie Watkins as he's going. He don't want to use recency bias. It's like, There's Ward-Prowse right. as well. He's he's not been picked, has he? He's like, Watkins, I think he's like, um, I can't remember the stat, the third highest score since the start of last season or so. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. The man, honestly, just, uh, don't get me started on it. <laughs> I mean, how can, it's ridiculous. You pick Calvin Phillips, but you don't pick Ollie Watkins. It's like, after <laughs> on the back of a hat trick as well. It's just nonsense. And the Italy game might be quite interesting, but it's friendly against Australia. So, I mean, if you can't even pick players like that, what is the point? Yeah. What yeah, is the point of him even existing? Uh. What's the point of Gareth Southgate even existing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a philosophical question, yeah. I'm ending that pod right now. We're, we're, we're not going to top that. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for joining me today, Ben. No problem at all. Thanks for having me, Steve. Thanks, Howard. Yeah, I've just got a name of a just a waistcoat just lying in the on the <laughs> touchline <laughs> in the area, technical area. Uh, thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, really enjoyed that. So. Pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, to wrap for today, folks, we're off to take an unprecedented walk down the street to buy an unprecedented loaf of bread. Oh, nice one. Yeah, Guinness rubbing off on me now. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, everyone. Be well and forever up the blues. <laughs>